0: on the phone i have a gentleman called william who is the museum uh, manager at the cunan valley museum so good morning to you william good morning how are you i'm well i'm not too bad i think we all got a bit soaked earlier on today but it's uh, it's improving now a bit <laughs> but uh, yes i'm i'm fine thank you very much and uh, i noticed that uh, Your museum, like lots of other organisations in the -the and Taff area, you know, over the last decade or so, has moved from being something run by the council around about the middle of, you know, the last decade, then the council kind of pulled out like they had to for budget reasons all over the place, but then encouraged community groups and charities to form to, to run these things. And you guys have reopened, I think, in 2016, and you haven't really looked back. You've even managed to cope by online things during the the uh, the pandemic so what was the sort of history you know of, of the kind of resurgence of the uh, of the museum?
1: So, so um, the museum is really a uh, story of, of the community and sort of is a, is a representative of how strong our community has been uh, through, through, through countless generations. The museum closed, um, was mothballed in 2014 as part of austerity measures. Um, the community campaign against its closure and were initially um, unsuccessful in keeping it open to the public, but the community continues to fight for the museum and formed a trust which would eventually reopen the museum in uh, 2016, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Heritage Fund and support from the local council, who RCT, who um, support, and who we work with now on a regular basis to um, keep the museum open to the public. We work with uh, our heritage services, who. Uh, maintain the collection. They have a collection manager who works um, at that museum one day a week alongside their other sites, ensuring um, the collection continues to um, be active with items coming into it. And we work to manage the, the, the museum opening it to the public at the moment uh, due to a pandemic three days a week. And we run events, um, host temporary exhibitions, we um, have a, a room hires. So we have a whole range of different ways for people to utilize the museum and you use the museum for whatever they need it for.
0: So what's the, um, the sort of overall purpose of it then? Is it as a community hub, of focus, looking back over the generations as well, or, or what?
1: So, so the museum tells the story of the Cannon Valley from this, the earliest evidence way back over 4,000 years ago in the, in the Mesolithic and Neolithic periods, which before, before even farming had, become, uh, uh, had been invented. Um, and it continues the story right to the present day, um, where where we see the rich social history from, from the valleys, from the mining, the iron working, as well as the everyday lives. And you, we see the continued research into that going on today. If you look on our website, you'll see a fantastic set of exhibitions and articles about around the Jewish heritage of Aberdeer and the Cannon Valley in the 19th and 20th century. Alongside that, we have temporary art galleries, which exhibit artworks from local community groups, we work with a range of local art societies, the college, um, local photography groups, and artists on, a, on the national stage as well, creating a, a, comp, a range of exhibitions suitable for all, all ages and um, interests. And then we have our rooms, which we hire out and use, and are utilized by community, which support um, what really what the community needs the museum for. So we have uh, we've had playgroups in the past, yoga, we we have uh, education classes, charities use the museum. So really, we've, we've become a centre for community to use for whatever they need it for.
0: Is the building you're in actually an old, um, you know, industrial site of some kind?
1: Yes, it is. the The museum building itself is um, is dated around the turn of the century, so about. Um, in the early 1900s, the building was developed. It's it's a former tram shed, actually built ah. from the rubble, <laughs> built from the rubble of the four of the former ironworks which are on the site. Which you can get a glimpse of if you in the museum car park. You can see behind it the original ironworks, um, with the museum building built on 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 the site
0: of it. Yes, I just caught my eye because uh, looking on the website, and, and you, you know you see it is quite a, a distinguished-looking building. There's lots of sort of routine industrial buildings in that generation, you know, like things built for the railway and all of this. They were actually fantastically built and beautifully built and designed. You've got big arch windows and everything, and uh, you know it's great, isn't it? Because you've got loads of light coming in, and it's, it looks like a great space. Definitely,
1: it's a really lovely-sized building to be, and it gives such an opportunity to use for, for for its size. It's got three galleries, it's got multiple rooms, and space for us as staff to work in. And sort of allows us to do more than just have galleries. It allows us to be a venue for for the community, and also it's nice to be in that historical setting. You know, the building has a story behind it as well.
0: Yeah, well, it it looks like it has, and uh, obviously it, it does have. Now, I, I was reading in, in the background notes on your excellent website, which is you know a great way of finding out about it, really. You've got about 20,000 objects of one kind or another, and you mentioned going back to uh, the point even before farming in the Cunnan Valley, you know, thousands of years. Do you have any artefacts that are that old?
1: Um, we do have a, a small number of uh, material dating back from that period, the highlight probably is a, a Neolithic hand axe, which is a bright, like serpentine green, which um, was found um, ahead of construction of a wind farm nearby Aberdey, wow. and, ha- and just ha- happened to be found during the preparation for, for that construction by archaeologists working ahead of, of that construction project. And that hand axe must have travelled because there's no local serpentine sort of stone source, which means it's possibly traveled from as far away as somewhere like cornwall or north wales
0: well of course there's all that mystery isn't there surrounding the the, you know the standing stone circles and things like stonehenge where the stones weigh thousands of tons but somehow managed to get from other places to to stand where they do today and no one really quite works out how how that happens but there's obviously a lot more travel around than you would imagine i guess people going across the channel really
1: it definitely it seems that people are moving around, traveling across the landscape, and and are and are bringing certain stones with them. Often you will find certain stones of, of are perceived as having more value, and you see earlier on in the Neolithic large ranges of stone hand axes um, being originating in in the Swiss Alps, coming to to the UK eventually. What they think over thousands of years.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yes. So people were surprising, uh, traveling surprising distances. You know, in a very well, like on foot or on donkeys or horses or whatever, and, and in primitive boats. But they were getting around just the same, and it, it's really quite a surprise. Uh, museums, when I was a kid, museums were, you know, very static kind of things, where you, you could see really interesting stuff, like you've just been talking about now, but they didn't really have a vibe about them that would attract youngsters in, in the way that uh, you seem to be, uh, you and other museums in the area seem to be doing. And we've you know, we've got a very lively one here in Pontypris that's been a bit subdued by being submerged you know by in the flood but it's coming back and being repurposed now but these the idea these days seems to be you know to focus on bringing the community in and giving them something interesting to do whoever they are definitely I think that's so important because museums have to be for
1: everyone they tell the whole for example can Valley tells the story of the whole Can Valley just not not just a few certain stories. And it's so important to get everyone involved in that process. And some of the best exhibitions, for me personally, have been ones where the community have worked on it. And one of my favorite memories of, since starting here, has been working with College of Camoise to for their annual art exhibition of their students' work. Seeing the students come in and sort of plan the exhibition, install the exhibition, and then seeing the launch event with families coming around and seeing, getting that community spirit going, and that's what is important to me in the museum is about getting people through doors and sort of engaging with the collection and, and sort of understanding the heritage of the valley, but also thinking about how how their place in it and that, and seeing their artwork on the wall is that on the wall is that next stage.
0: You've got a fascinating exhibition on at the moment, judging by the photos on your website, uh, um, done by the artist Barbara Castle. Who, when I saw the name first, I confused with the politician from when I was a when I was a kid growing up. There was a very active politician called Barbara Castle. But this actually is an artist who's lived in the valleys for years, and was given an OBE, I understand, back in 2010 for her services to regeneration and her thing is you know the industrial landscape particularly of the valleys and the way they've been regenerated over the years which sounds fascinating and and judging by the couple of pictures you can see on the website that looks really really interesting and ending tomorrow I think.
1: Yes it is Um, it's been great to have Barbara Castle exhibiting with us um, again this year. Um, her work really is a unique depiction of the valleys, and it's, a, it's fantastic to see an artist focusing on the, heri- the architectural heritage of of the Welsh valleys and its unique position because there's nowhere really like like it in terms of the valleys being lined with with um, houses and being so it, like um, urbanised in such a valley form. So it's a, bu- a beautiful depiction of, of the valleys.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, they look really interesting. But you've got another exhibition coming up pretty soon, I gather.
1: Yes, we do. We have a new exhibition um, by um, Rach, um, Rach Smith, who, um, who funded by Arts Council Wales, is exploring um, religion in the in the modern era. Working, she worked with a number of um, community groups over prior to lockdown, um, and now we're delighted to finally get her exhibition to come to museum. And then, so that exhibition is going to be running the duration of August, and then we'll be joined by Isloin Fawn, who um, will be exhibiting uh, the Abadair um, fresco, uh, not fresco, um, um, Aberdeer, um who will be um, depicting absolute life in one long line across the gallery. So, for a series of sketches, um, he'll be um, exhibiting sketches from across, from over a period of years, of life in Aberdeer, um called the Abadair Freeze.
0: Wow. Similar
1: to a Parthenon, but on a on a continuous roll of on of, of paper through the gallery, and then um, late end of September we'll have another exhibition. This one will be the um, combined works of Aberdeen Art Society, um, Miskin Art Society, and Hawaiian Library Art Group, and it will be a celebration of the free art groups in the Canmore Valley who have been working throughout the pandemic. Um, as uh, as, um, as an art, grou- art groups, and it'll be a fantastic way to celebrate their works over the last uh, few years.
0: And I see also from some publicity recently that the the Penicamoid Wind Farm are helping sponsor some musical events with you
1: Yes, yes um We've been working with the phase Art Collective to put on music on, at, at a museum, um, obviously with social distancing in place, the n- numbers on site are limited, but we, there's, um, they are streaming the music as well. You can um, book tickets through a museum's website if you do are interested. We've got three events, we've got one tomorrow and then one later in August and they'll be doing two other ones to, um, with their locations to be confirmed, but we're really excited to be working with them because it's fantastic to get events back in the museum again after so long being closed. Mm. We did live uh, live Zoom events with them last year, so we're looking forward to building on that, on that partnership and continuing bringing live classical music to the Valley, um, often combining it with contemporary music by people such as Ed Sheeran and, and sort of enjoying that mix of, mix of music.
0: Yes, well, obviously the COVID restrictions make it difficult. I know that these things have been streamed live by you and Facebook too, aren't they?
1: Yes, um, yes. Um, the Fezax Collective have been sharing them live as well, and we've been supporting them as for it to share it.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, that obviously, as as the um, rules relax, and we're hoping to see you know further relaxation particularly for indoor spaces coming up maybe as early as next week then then gradually probably you'll be able to open longer because i I noticed you're open thursday through saturday from 11 a.m to 3 p.m at the moment Uh, with with all the regulations that's probably all you can manage what do you eventually want to be going back to as an opening time
1: uh, our ultimate vision is to be returning to our it, into, returning to our five days a week, which would be Tuesday to Saturday, um, increasing our morning opening hours to 10 a.m. at, at, um, at least, and bringing back opening the first floors of the museum and bringing back room high. We're hoping we can get this done over the autumn, and we'll be updating regularly on our website about where we are and what we can do. But it's, it's about maintaining, making sure the museum is safe for visitors, for staff, and our volunteers as well as making sure that we're following all current um, COVID-19 guidance.
0: Yes. And and as you get back into, into full swing, you know, you'll be able to um, offer people um, a coffee and a cake as well.
1: We're hoping so. The cafe is currently closed at mm. the moment, but we're hoping to have a new cafe tenant in as soon as we can.
0: Magic. Well, it's been brilliant, William. You you told me loads of stuff. I thought you probably would because there's loads of stuff to talk about with your museum. It's really really exciting what you're up to. We're happy now. We're now we're sort of present, you know, in the Cannon Valley with a couple of transmitters that people could actually hear, (laughs) because we've been talking about the Cannon Valley for twenty years, but now we can actually talk to people in their homes. So uh, we can spread the gospel about what you're up to. Just let us know. We'll let everyone else know. And uh, and thank you so much for talking to me today.
1: No problem. It's been delight. And I'm so happy to have GTSM in the canon because it's always, we've seen so much of your good work and we're delighted for you to be um, having expanded to the canon.
0: Thanks very much, William. Appreciate it. Thanks no very problem.
1: much. Have a good day.
0: And you. Bye-bye.